0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. 2 Samuel chapter 11. I'm going to read until I stop. Are you ready? In the spring of the time when kings go off to war, David sent. I want you to say that David sent out the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Reba, but David remained in Jerusalem. Let's say that part. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed, walked down on the roof of the palace, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam? The wife of Uriah, the Hittite. and David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Let's pray. Father, move in power, in Jesus name. Amen. Maybe seated. We do have some notes for you, and uh, I think those are being passed around as we speak. We are in the midst of two different series, so let me, let me tell you about that. I'll tell you about our two series that we're in. I'll remind you uh, about this one. Review it briefly. Uh, and talk about a prophetic dream that was given to a prophet friend of mine and bring this message. Uh, two different series we're in. One is called The End is the Beginning. I want you to say that. The End is Well, what does that mean? I had a dream without going into all of that. You can avail yourself to those resources online because I go into the, de- the dream in detail. And from that dream have started the series called The End is the Beginning. And really what it is simply is at the end of your life, and everyone here, we all have that in common, everyone here will die. Now, there will come the rapture of the saints. We've talked about that and preached on that, the coming of the Lord, but either way, whether we get taken up in a twinkling of an eye or we die to go to meet him, there's another age after this one. I want you to say there's another age after this one. And so many people think that this is it. This is not it. This is an internship, 70, 80. I'm shooting for 120. I don't know what you're shooting for. 120 years, preaching, and praying, prophesying is a lot of work to do. And you're saved by faith, but you're rewarded according to your works. You're rewarded by what you do with the time that you have here in the earth. And there's promotion and elevation and some will suffer loss, wood, hay, stubble, but there's precious stones and so on and so forth. And so we've been preaching on that, the return of the cri- of Christ, the judgment seat of the believers. We've been preaching on, uh, well, rewards we didn't quite get to just yet, the one series. And as I had that dream, I woke up three days later as I was brought into the dream repeatedly, impacted me greatly. The Lord said, son, the end is the beginning. So that's that series. The other series we're in is Don't Fall. Everybody say it, don't fall. And that came in July when I was on a, a hiking trip with our summer interns from the youth group, and we went up Exit Glacier, which was uh, intense, the hike that we did, and uh, it was very slippery, and I found myself saying over and over, don't fall, and miraculously, nobody got hurt, and um, thank God for waivers, amen. (laughs) You know, waivers don't work. You all know that. They they don't really stand up in a court of law, but I don't know why we, they tell us we have to do them anyway, so we do. You can sign all the waivers you want. If you don't have divine protection, you're in trouble. Come on, somebody say amen. And so preached a series of messages, and this message will fall in line with don't fall. I want you to bump your neighbor and say, hey, don't fall. Don't fall. I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah, you don't want to fall. So in review, we talked about Judas. And we looked at the life of Judas and how Judas, he He fell horribly. I mean, rejected the Lord and sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver in fulfillment of Scripture. But, you know, when Judas was a little baby, little baby Judas, he grew up, and you know, like seven years old, and says, I'm going to deny Christ. Yeah, now he, that's not how that worked. Nobody grows up and hopes they can be a prostitute. Nobody grows up and hopes they can be a pimp. Well, maybe some really deceived and defiled people would, but, but generally, most people don't grow up hoping that they can end up in the street or denying Christ, or hoping they can go to hell. Okay? So the process of Judas's life, as we looked at that, we realized, oh, snap. Any one of us could be a Judas. Any one of us could fall. Anyone. Anyone? Anyone. And if you think differently, you've already fallen. It's called pride. So we talked about that with Judas. And then we looked at the book of Jude, talked about deception and gangrenous teaching and and uh, there, there's people that, that, that want to deceive, and, and deception can be within and without. So, all of these are available on all of our different platforms, including Spotify, Facebook, YouTube. There's a regular web stream, there's a podcast, all of those things. So, a third message in the series hedges. Hedges. This passage, and again, look at your notes now. We'll begin to to talk about some of these things. From this passage, we're going to look at the life of David and how David now basically has it all. David, the one who wrote the Psalm 27, one thing I seek after to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. David, who wrote Psalm 116, you know, about the, At his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. David, who would lose sleep until he came into the presence of God. David, how has David come from the one thing, all I want is God, to all I want is Bathsheba? How did that happen? Because I don't want that to happen to me, and I don't want that to happen to you. What David did, is he had what I would call hedges of protection Removed from his life, and as a result, when those hedges were removed, that was when he blew it. It was a demonic setup for sure. So, in Second Samuel, the main text, you'll see these hedges being removed. And one of the great ways that we can learn is by seeing what other people did to make sure we don't do that. I remember being a, a part of our staff so many years ago with Dr. Morocco, we had one particular pastor, and um. Uh, Dr. Michael Gannon, he doesn't mind if I use his name, he constantly got in trouble. No, seriously. I, I've never seen someone get in so much trouble all the time. I don't mean like sin in, in a like you know the Bathsheba kind of sin, but he was constantly doing things that he wasn't supposed to, and he would just, just make some choices that would kind of take advantage. He was in the little gray area. He'd be right in the gray area. You know what I'm talking about? And what he was doing is he was working out some of those challenges that he had with his father working those out with Dr. Morocco. And I remember being in some of those meetings where he was just getting ripped. You know what I'm talking about? He's getting rebuked, and I thought, "I am never going to do that. I'm never going to do that. Thank God, I'm never going to do that. And then there would be some other event that would happen. I'd be like, "No to self, self. Don't do that." So what David did caused incredible destruction in his family. And we're going to learn from it. He broke down the walls of protection. We're right, we're right in, in our notes again. And so my, my question to you is, are you hedged about by a, a wall of protection? What are the hedges of protection you have in your life? Well, I, I don't know. You're doing one of them right now. You come to church, you hear the word. There's four hedges that he removes And those are four hedges that you need to have. Are you hedged about in such a way that you're gonna finish your race, that you won't fall? Now, some of you, as we go through this, just like in our first service, you're gonna find uh, that hedge is a little thin right there. I was given some raspberry bushes, which are glorious. And then as I was given these raspberry bushes, I put them in the ground, and this precious lady who gave them to me said, now, this one is not a raspberry. It's a berry. It's a gooseberry. It's got these thorns. You want to be careful when you plant this. It's good to put between neighbors, you know, if you want. <laughs> like, I like all my neighbors. But anyway, it, it, it's it got thorns. It's, it's a different kind of a hedge. So as I preach this to you, and we look at these four hedges, ask yourself, do you have them? And if you don't, you better grow them. It's not the kind where you can come up and be like, I need the hedge prayer. Can you lay hands on me, pastor? And I pray for you. And like, then you got the hedge. Although prayer is certainly a part of it. This is the kind you grow. Can you say amen? Amen. Ecclesiastes says in chapter 10, verse eight, whoever breaks through a wall or a hedge may be bitten by a snake. That may, maybe confuses people. See, you might not have a hedge and you might not have been bitten yet. It's time to grow a hedge so that you don't fall, so that you finish. Many people of God live life behind God's hedge and then they begin to tamper with things they shouldn't. And I'll give some real life examples this week for me, my life, because I want you to finish. The enemy has a wisdom that will wait for you till you get to the place of maximum destruction. I've seen it over and over and over in churches. I've seen it in businesses where a man, where a woman has a stronghold, has a set way of thinking. They have this secret sin. And it seems like, how, how come they're just not exposed yet? You know, how, how did it take 20 years? Because at 20 years and thousands of people and, and, and millions of dollars maybe in a business or church, whatever, and then, the, then when the bomb goes off, it leaves massive destruction those suicide bombers don't just go blow themselves off, blow themselves off in a, you know, blow themselves up in a, in a desert. Yeah, they do it amongst a lot of people, and I found that the enemy tries to do that with people so he can bring the maximum destruction, so he'll wait. All right, are you ready? Four hedges that every believer must grow. First one is found right there in verse one. The springtime when the kings go off to war, David sent Joab. You go a little further down, verse one, but David remained at Jerusalem. There is a hedge of protection that comes by walking in the purposes of God, by walking in divine vision and purpose, by staying on the cutting edge of faith. It's like an athlete an athlete that trains and they're moving to you know, be in the Olympics or something, you can't tempt them with chocolate cake or you can't, you, not, a, not a real athlete, not somebody that's super committed. When you're in the place of, of cutting edge faith, it brings a sharpness to you. It, it, it brings this intensity. And uh, I'm in that place right now. I don't know if you are, but you can't stop backing off of moving forward in vision. You no- I don't care how old you are or how young you are, you must move into a place of vision and faith, continue to move forward. There really is no retiring. Sorry. Oh, you might retire from the job that you have, but you still serve God, right? So you still have to take steps of faith. A man that built the Crystal Cathedral all those years ago, what was his name? In, in uh, California, Robert Schuler—he's gone on to be with the Lord. I remember him sharing a, a nugget of truth with Dr. Morocco, and he said a lot of churches fail when they begin to do a large building. Whatever they get through the other side, and they just kind of like rest. I want you to know that we will finish the building, and we will build another one. Don't get all nervous. This is enough for this community right here for now of 10% of the population, we're gonna keep planting churches. We're gonna keep stretching in faith. We're gonna keep pushing forward. If you ever lose that, listen, stay in the battle. If you don't stay in the battle, you're in trouble. Like i I'm tired of the battle. Well, when you're dead, it'll be over. When is it over? When you're dead. Come on, somebody say, stay in the battle. Yeah, David was not supposed to be home. Listen, when you begin to send people to go do what you're supposed to be doing, you're in trouble. Now, I'm, I'm, if you don't delegate, you're also in trouble, but there's certain things only you can do. There's certainly thing, certain things only I can do, and you have to do them. Come on, I can't delegate my prayer life. Get like five or six amens right there. Come on, somebody say, stay in the battle. There's a protection that comes when you're walking in the purposes of God. When you're walking in faith, there's a sharpness that comes that's not there if you're not moving forward. There's so many times where I don't have the answer and I, I, it pushes me to say, come on, God. That very thing brings protection. There's a battle. There's a battle. Yeah, David, David stayed back. You know, I need to say this. I didn't say it in the first service, but I'll say it now. I learned something. I was gonna write a book called Offensive Christianity because there were so many years ago that were just hiding, hoping that you know, the devil wouldn't touch them and would, you know, wouldn't have anything to do with them. I had somebody say to me in a church, not this one, years ago, another church I was pastoring, I don't wanna serve, I don't wanna be involved, pastor, and I'll never be on another board, I just never gonna. I said, well, how come? Well, every time I do that, the devil just hits me. He's already hitting you by nullifying you from doing anything for Christ. And I've found that if the enemy tries to mess with my house, I'm going to mess with his. What does that mean? If, if, You know, I believe in the blood. I believe in protection. But if there, if there comes a, an attack against my family or my kids, I'm just going to go get more people saved. I'm going to study harder, pray harder, preach harder. I'm going to stay on the place of faith. I'm going to stay in the battle. Come on, say it. Stay in the battle. I had somebody say to me, man, Christianity is boring. shoot. What? You need to to get a life. Get a vision is probably what I should say. You need to get a vision for your life. It's never boring. A spiritually bored believer is a weak believer. David stayed back. That's a hedge of protection that comes by walking in faith, staying in the battle, staying in a place of cutting edge faith. Number two, the hedge of fellowship and accountability. Where do you get that from? Well, you see he sends off these people. Well, who does he send? Who's he sends away? He sends Joab. He sends Joab. He sends all his men, David's staff. He sends away these people that would have been around him that would have told him to shut up. What do you mean? If Joab was there, I mean, you just look at the life of Joab and and even the situation with Absalom that was spawned from this sin. Absalom is killed. If you go further on in the story in the life of David and the life of Israel, Absalom is killed, and David is so Absalom, oh Absalom, he's grieving horribly. And and, you know, you read that on a cursory view, you'd say, Well, of course, his son's dead. It's horrible. Yes. And he was the king of a whole nation. And and Joab says, You better knock it off. Your whole army went out there. They there, there was men that died, people that died, people lost fathers. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? People lost sons and you're just going to cry? You better start rejoicing because if Absalom was alive, you'd be dead, I'd be dead, and the whole nation would be changed and it'd be over. But God in His mercy took Absalom. Yes, grieve for him for a second, then get over it. Get over it because otherwise you'd be dead and there'd be no Israel would be different. I mean, that's kind of intense. It required some maturity. You know what he did? He shook himself free. He had a Joab that said, shut up right now. Who's Joab in your life? This is the protection that comes by having a relationship with people who aren't afraid of hurting your feelings. The number one person that's not afraid of hurting my feelings is my wife. But I have some other tough cats. I have some other brothers that are happy to call me out. You know, some people want to call you out to hurt you. I'm talking about will tell you. You should not do that right now. Let me give you a real life story. And um, I've been accused of being too transparent. but I'm definitely a pushy edge on that one right now. So here's, here's, uh, here's fresh, fresh transparency as of like this morning. Because my wife pulled my shut up card. It was stage one shut up. It didn't go to stage two. I heard on stage one. Some of you don't listen to the hints, like you've been on your phone a lot, huh? That was a hint, right? So I heard that you've been on your phone quite a bit, and so I'm like, I'm not on my phone that much. Plus, it's like my office in my hand, so and the news and all kind of stuff. She goes, okay, well, let's look at your screen time. So it was I really enjoyed this part of it because we went to the screen time and realized <laughs> I'm always hardly on my phone at all. that day. Anyway, but it looked good when we're like, see? And then I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling some conviction. Feeling like, okay, I mean, if she's saying that, she's feeling or sensing that I'm not, that I've got too much, too much on my phone. This might hurt a little bit. It's about to sting. Are you ready? Okay, so I didn't really catch on right away, but later, I think it was the next day, last night, We lie down and and I'm concerned about Afghanistan. I'm concerned about the the hurricane. I'm concerned about some stuff. So I'm on the news. And then sometimes I'm on the news and I'll, I'll flip to see on TikTok. How many of you know what that is? Raise your hand if you know what TikTok is. Okay. Then I'll go to TikTok to see, you know, maybe my daughter put up something new and she's become TikTok famous in this particular niche. Okay. So I love seeing my daughter. She's just so awesome and beautiful, and I just see her like, "Ah, it's my daughter."!" Ah. And so, you know, so I'm going to see if there's anything new or maybe watch an old one, you know. So last night, I'm on there, and she's like, uh, "You know, we used to talk more when we we're going to sleep. I'm like, "Hmm, huh. You want to talk about something?" Anyway, I had the wherewithal. I must have been prayed up. I had an intercessor praying for me. I put my phone down, and within literally fifteen seconds, she's sleeping because she has a gift like that. So I pause. I'm like, ah, oh, busted. Put the phone down. I'm like, oh my God, Jesus. No wait. Well, what do you want to talk? <laughs> she's sleeping. So I'm like, honey, uh, yeah. She goes, I fell asleep. I was like, okay. I kissed her and she went to sleep. And I sat there and I thought, yeah, this is not good. Lord, he's like, yeah, she's talking. So I I get up this morning and I'm preparing and I found myself doing, you know, getting in the word and then getting distracted about some of the stuff that was, you know, on, on my device. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's that thing again. So as the morning went on and pr- prior to preaching the first service, I realized that I'm, I've got, I'm, I'm starting to get slowly boiled. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So let me, let me just tell you, first of all, depending upon your privacy settings in your phone, if you have a microphone that's on, you can look at your app's privacy settings, and you can see that you have a microphone that's turned on for Instagram, turned on for Snapchat, turned on for uh, for TikTok, perhaps. And if you have a mic turned on for Facebook, and if you have a microphone that's on when you start talking, you ever wonder why, you like, all of a sudden you're seeing all the diesel advertising? When you were just talking about the new the new chip you're gonna put in your straight piped, Cummins and all of a sudden there's truck parts just because your microphone's on it's not like oh it's the Lord I knew I should buy that because the Lord's talking to me right now oh yes hallelujah no you've been recorded it's marketing it's scams they're scamming you I've turned all my mics off. but before I knew that I would watch this thing with this particular niche that my daughter has and it's 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 about it's a women's thing and identity and all of that. I'm only going to get into all of it. It's, it's really helped a lot of people. She has a couple hundred thousand followers, right? And I'm one of them because I'm her dad. The only thing is, because I looked at it, it then, it then brings up other female things, right? And, and I, I, I didn't get defiled so much by that. But I found myself, and then I would be sent a thing that's hysterical, like really funny. I mean, I, like tears running down your face, a humor clip. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, you guys are looking at me like I'm about to confess some giant sin. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm just telling you how it works. And I had so many people t- say at the end of last service, he said, oh, Pastor, dude, you said it. So, so brace yourself, all right? So I, as I'm scrolling through, you know, I'll see that and then I'll scroll through and I'm like, there's a political thing. So I'm listening to that. There's a vaccine thing and I'm listening to that. And then I'm scrolling another one and then it's this funny clip. And then before I know it, the funny clips are dropping F-bombs. I'm, but then I watched the rest of it, and it was funny. I'm like, yeah, it's no big deal. There's people cursing. Then I noticed there's more cursing, and more. there's a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. Before you know it, it's, I've gotten a little bit dull. Now, let me just tell you, if you start cursing right now, my security will help you and usher you out. You ain't going to start dropping F-bombs in here. You might say it under your breath, but I'm just saying. People who don't know the Lord and aren't sanctified, they curse. I don't care. I mean, it's not that I don't care. It just doesn't bother me. Okay, so if you're witnessing to somebody and they're just cursing left and right, I, it doesn't bother me. They don't know the Lord. But once you know the Lord, man, he, he come on, he, he took out my cursor when I got born again. I know other people need to suck on a bar of soap or maybe you, that's you. You need to, Excuse my French. It's not French either. You got a foul mouth. Don't let any corrupt thing come out of your mouth, right? So I found myself, you know, watching some of these videos and there'd be a curse. I'm like, ah, and i watched slowly by slowly an increase in defilement coming through particularly that chinese app that just sounds funny it doesn't matter whatever app tiktok yeah the china it's it's from china somebody said do you think they're using tiktok i think ch- listen i think china is doing everything they can Amen. so you know we need a we need a strong nation god help america so As I, this morning, I wanted to, you know, just take a look at some political thing and it happened again and I thought, no, the Lord's like, "How, how, how often are you gonna do that? And I realized my wife threw the shut up card down. You're trying to talk to me and I've allowed this to sort of simmer. Guess what I did? I deleted it. It's not on my phone anymore. What about your beautiful daughter doing that? I'll have to see it some other way. She could bring it up and screen capture and record the video on her phone and text it to me and then I won't be defiled by it. There's, there's ways to get around. Well, I don't know what to do with that. Listen, if you don't have people in your life that can tell you to sit down and be quiet, and I like it when it's nice, but I've had other times where I've just needed a slap Years ago, years ago, before I was a believer, I was sitting on the edge of my bed and my aunt was there and I was living with them. I'd gone through a lot of hard things. When I was 20, I think like, I was 20 years old. I'm sitting there and I was talking about how much I hate myself. I wasn't saved. I hate myself and I hate life and I wish I wasn't alive and I was ranting and she just says, look at me right now. I look at her and she goes, slap. <laughs> I mean, stinking handprints on the side of my face. And I started crying. She's like, get yourself together. You've got a great life. You're a fine young man. Get yourself. Some of you need it. Someone need to take your right hand yourself. You need to do it. Take your right hand with exceeding force and hit yourself upside the head because you're doing things that are, you have a broken hedge. Cultivate that kind of, if you walk around and you're angry all the time and everybody wants to talk to you, what, are you going to talk to me right now? Then you're controlling like a little witch, like a little warlock with your anger so that nobody will confront you on anything. If Joab was there when David's like, ooh, baby, she's fine. Whose girl is that? Like he didn't know. If Joab was there, he would have just hauled off and hit him. Shut up. That's, that's your that's Uriah's wife. You can't go, that's adultery, David. David, hey, hey, look at me. But Joab's not there. Some of you send people out of your life Some people you need to send out. Come on, somebody say amen. But you need to cultivate relationships with people that'll speak truth to you. And I've found as a pastor, just in relationship, that people don't want to get that close because they've been wounded. And listen, broken people break people. So you you need to cultivate healthy relationships, and that doesn't take a week. I have a lifetime of relationships. Jeremy Robinson, he's uh, on the sound right now, and he's, he's honestly the best sound guy I've ever had in, in, in ministry for 20-something years. Okay. I've known you since you were 10. 10 years old. How old are you now? Just yell it out. Whew. Jesus was 33 when he got crucified. He's 31. Now, I remember I've had a special love for you since I first met you and your parents I love. And I remember there were some things going semi-sideways. And I remember going to your high school. I came to your high school. I checked in at 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 the principal's office, got my little name tag and said, yeah, I'm who are you? you? I'm I'm his pastor. Oh, okay. And they honored that. And Do you remember that day? I was concerned about you. Look at you now. You're a great man of God. (laughs) You know something? There was a respect. I'm just picking on you. I didn't do this in the first service, but there was a a respect that you have for me that you allowed me to be a man of God in your life because I've had other people that I try to help and they'll be like, you know something? Who do you think you are? no, 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 no. Yeah, they're smelling, they're, they're smelling crack. They're, they're selling crack. They're, they're, they're out there. They're, they're, and may God bring them back. But you have to cultivate this mutual honor and respect and community. Some of you don't have that. Some of you don't have somebody. They'll tell you to sit down. But people come with it. The Lord spoke to me. Well, that pretty much settles it then. What do you say to that? God said, okay. I never, even now I don't say that until I know that I know. And, and you know what brings me to the know that I know? He spoke to me, I had a dream, I prayed, it's in the word. I bounce it off of some of the people that really know me, know the word, know everything. I bounce it off of them and they're like, dude, that's God. I'm like, oh, that's God. Then I'll say, then I'll say, the Lord spoke to me. Now I have people that'll be like, yeah, you know, the Lord spoke to me. I'm, I'm, I have to leave, I gotta do this. I gotta, you have no relationship. Who's gonna say anything to you? I'm preaching way better than you're amening. Amen. Who's going to say anything to you when, yes, I'm on the chair. Who's going to talk to you when you're like, the Lord spoke to me. You have no relationship, no accountability, nobody holds your shut-up card. Well, let's go enjoy the Lord, I guess. We're not here to control anybody. I'm so thankful for people who lovingly backhand me like my wife. You're on your phone a little bit. We used to have pillow talk, hint, hint. I'm going to tell you what comes after that if you don't listen. You have a problem with your phone and I'm gonna pray for you right now. Lift your hands. That's what comes next. you lay hands on me. Break off a TikTok spirit. Some, Some people looking down and wiggling around. Man, what's going on around here? Hedges of protection, you must build these. The first one is what? Stay in the cutting edge of faith. Stay in vision. Stay moving forward. Don't ever stop, no matter how old you are the rest of your life. Number two, cultivate relationships with people, fellowship, accountability. And listen, not everybody has my shut-up card. If you have to wonder if you have my shut-up card, you don't. I don't let anybody just, you know, anybody can say anything they want to me. But that level of intimacy and relationship with people who've been through many battles, many storms, and know me. They know my weaknesses. They know my strengths. If you're going to finish and not fall, you best have somebody like that in your life. And if you're married, it ought to be your spouse as well. Master Karen is not the only one. There's others. Just on Wednesday. Am I getting through? Am I getting through to you? Cultivate relationships like that. And I know some of you have been hurt, and you've been under abusive authority. We're not trying to control you. We're trying to teach you how to walk with the Lord. But accountability, and you let, let him control you. Accountability is key. Some of you don't want to be accountable. You just want to do what you want. Wednesday, I prophesied over this precious girl that was up front here, and I gave her this word about Zephora, a Cushite, and how... Uh, they were, Israel was prejudiced against Cushites. It's a reference to Numbers 12. I might lose some of you, but anyway, reference to Numbers 12. And after that word I gave her, uh, I had to correct some things that I mixed up about Miriam and Zephora. And anyway, I fixed it. And then later on, somebody came to me and said, "Uh, you know, Zephora wasn't black. She was a Midianite. I said, no, she was a Cushite. And we went to Numbers 12. He goes, oh, well, that's a separate wife. That's not Zephora. That's another wife in there. I'm thinking, what? So I start studying it. I start taking it apart and looking at it. There's like three different main views on that. If you're lost, don't worry. I'm coming back to the main message in just a second. The point is that this person was able to talk to me. We dialogued. We went back and forth. I went back to the Word. You know, there's things that I preached years ago that are not 100% accurate. I've repented already, but I don't do it now. I'm so thankful for an open an an openness that we have to be able to, come on, if you're messed up, wouldn't you want somebody to tell you if you don't see it? You know, the problem with deception is you're deceived. All right, number three. Come on, let's go. Number three. Took a lot of time right there because I see so many people that don't have, they're alone to themselves and they perceive what the way Scripture says and then they live like that, but don't tell me. I've got my own relationship with Jesus. Uh, First John, I have an anointing from the Holy One. and He teaches me all things, and I don't need you to teach me nothing. Okay, let me know how that goes. The hedge of protection that comes, a hedge of prayer, worship, and his presence. This is from verse 11. So we're talking about hedges. We're talking about not falling. We're talking about building hedges, not some greenery, not a gooseberry plant, a hedge of protection that comes from God when, one, you're living in faith, on the cutting edge of faith. Two, when you have relationships and accountability with people that will love you enough to be able to hurt your feelings if you're headed down the wrong way. Three, and all of those need to be cultivated and take, take steps in moving forward. Number three is, the, is this hedge of protection that comes by prayer and worship. Look at verse 11. He's in this elaborate plan to try to get his w- husband to sleep with the wife because she's pregnant, so then he can hide his adultery. In verse 11, Uriah says to David, the ark of Israel and Judah are staying in tents. The ark, the ark, what is the ark? It's a visible manifestation of God in the earth. David would be sleepless until he would come before the ark, hiding under the wings of the of his presence. Psalm 91 is a reference to being so close to the ark that the wings of the cherubim that are on it cause a shadow. That's how close he was. He talked about how one thing he wants, and he would seek after, I mean, oh, to be a doorkeeper in the house. What happened to the doorkeeper, one thing, loves sick David? The ark is out in the the field. The ark is at war. They would take the ark out. When you take the presence of God out of your life, you're in trouble. And when you take your personal prayer time out of your life, you're in trouble. And when you take your intercessors, all the priests, the priests, they're not there. I'm sure there was some left behind, but the ark and those that covered him in intercession are off. The enemy wants you to, to move forward without prayer, without worship, without intercession. Prayer covers you. Prayer will protect you. I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna tell you, if, if there's ever a time I mean, Pastor Karen had fixed me before that, but if there's ever a time when I'm not in prayer, like consistently not in prayer, I'll just tell you we have a problem. Yeah, I'm in prayer. Now, there's times where I pray all night and I'm not here at morning prayer, but mostly I'm here in morning prayer. And I'm gonna tell you this. This is bold, but it's what I believe. And when we go to see the Lord, he'll he'll reveal it to be true or not. But I believe this. I believe that because we pray, God helps us. We're so, we, we need help in so many areas, but because we pray, even when we might make a mistake or there needs some tweaking, because we cry out to God, he comes and shows up and helps us. And so that morning time of prayer, there's only 20, sometimes 30, as many as, I think we've had as many as 70 people. That's a high watermark. Morning prayer, some people here at six, most come at seven, from seven to 7.30, it's individual kind of prayer. At 7.30 to eight, we go corporate. That little meeting is the most important meeting our church has of every day of every. More important than this one? Yeah, because we wouldn't even be here. Every major, this is a bold statement, but it's what I believe, it's my opinion, okay? Every major work in the valley has been hammered. Pastors, marriages, finances, hammered, split, broken up, and I'm gonna tell you why I think that is, and I'll tell you why I don't think it'll ever happen here. If we stay broken before God in prayer, God will cover us and help us. I'm convinced because of a lack of corporate prayer, churches go through stuff that they would never go through. I've seen it in my own life. I've got pastor friends of mine that pastor churches four times the size, and they battle stuff that's just like, how is it that they keep going through things? And I've pleaded with them, get up early and start a prayer meeting for God. But, but most of them don't. And then they go through a whole nother set. And then boom, adultery, boom, 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 boom. Explosions everywhere. Prayer is the key thing. Don't ever forget it, young man. Prayer. Every revival is preceded by prayer. You will have a prayer, if you have a prayer life and you have people, my mother is my chief intercessor. I'm gonna tell you something. God's extending my mother's life and has and will continue to because uh, one of the reasons, because he loves her and has a plan for her life. The other reason is she prays for me. She's my main prayer covering. There's others. Do you have that in your life? Do you have a hedge of prayer and worship, the presence of God? Number four, letter four. Letter four? Number four. Letter D. Personal holiness. If you live right, it just brings protection. Keys. If you live right, Has anybody watched Major League Baseball? They had, a, they had a baseball game that went like 16 innings. Did anybody see that? Was that like Dodgers or whatever? Anyway, anyway, we have all kinds of signs. This is the keys sign. This is the death fist. The fist of death, <laughs> which means stop. <laughs> anyway, you do an amazing job. Appreciate you. You can play the keys. All right. Personal holiness. If you live holy, that brings up protection all of its own. I had to get rid of TikTok. I, it, 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 lightly, it lightly defiled me, and I'd pray, and it'd be fine. I Go back, get light. And then I realized, hey, wait, the defilement's getting bigger. And I thought, oh, uh, no, no. Personal holiness. Jesus said, the evil one is coming, but he has no hold on me has no hold on me. What does that mean? Jesus said that. He has no hold. That mean, is it possible for the enemy to have a hold on you? Yes. Personal holiness matters. Your anger problem matters. Your lust, I'm not looking at anybody. I have my eyes closed. Your lust problem matters. Your pornography problem, it matters. And if you wonder, you know, you're gonna fulfill the plan and the destiny that God has for you. You don't wanna fall. I'm telling you, you don't wanna destroy your marriage. You don't wanna destroy your kids. You don't wanna destroy your lives. So it's my personal life. Your personal decisions will be public displays. Jack, that's really good right there. It's a good tweet. Put that on Twitter. Personal decisions are public displays. That's why when when, when, uh, political people say, that's my private life, judge me by my public life. Your private life will soon be your public life. Sir, ma'am, personal holiness. Oh, could go on and on and on. Build a hedge. Build these. Build them in your life, right? Stay on the cutting edge of faith. Number two, relationships and accountability, fellowship. You know, this is not just some little thing we do with a gathered church of God, the nios, a dwelling place of God. When you come, there's a corporate faith that is not expressed in places when there's just you somewhere in yourself. I understand you have your own faith, and we all should, and we, and we do. But when you gather together, that fellowship, communion together with God, other. It's very, very important. And developing relationship with people to say, I don't think you should be doing that. anymore." Number three, prayer, intercession, your personal prayer life, people praying for you. Listen, I'm just telling you now, pray for me, please. Would you please, would you please pray for me and my wife and my kids? Would you, would you cover me in prayer anytime? Would you, would you help me? I just feel the Holy Ghost to say it again. I need help. Is there anything wrong? No. And I also know that if, if the devil could try to pick me off and win, oh, that would not be good. Amen. If he, if he strikes a shepherd, the, the, the flock scatters. And we have an amazing team, amazing pastors. It's not one man. But you pray for me. You pray for my staff. I need that. Is everything good? It is good. But we're going to another level. We're becoming a regional church, not just a local church. We're going to affect the state. We're going to affect the United States of America. How do you know that? I know. Why else would God give us a facility like that? You've got to go to another level. You've got to go to another level of protection, accountability. It's crucial. It's crucial. And the third, uh, fourth thing, personal holiness. Live holy. Did you get something from God? All right. In closing, commit yourself to fulfill the vision that He's given you. What is the vision you have for your life? I don't know we'll stick around we got plenty of vision here and you hang around with visionaries you hang around with people of faith it'll get on you and it'll spread into your home and your family and your kids so be a part of the vision amen you say well, how do i do that just keep coming plug into the discover track it's the first four weeks of every month it's upstairs it starts at 9 45 well i'm too tired to get up early maybe you're too tired to not get up amen see i can't go to prayer i'm i'm, I'm too tired Force yourself to do two or three times a week. How many say, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a make it more to prayer? Come on, come on, a couple more, couple more. He said, well, I can't do that because I'm driving. All right, then make your car a cathedral while you drive into Anchorage and, and put on the stream and listen to it that way. He said, well, I don't get the stream. Okay, have a prayer life and, and have corporate prayer. Come here, we have prayer at eight o'clock in the morning. From eight to 8.20, there's a corporate prayer time. Anybody can come, please come, Sunday mornings, all right. Commit yourself to fulfill the vision he's given us individually and corporately. Number, letter B, stay in fellowship, cultivate relationships, and C, commit a lifestyle of prayer and worship, and lastly, live holy. Did you get anything? Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.